the Lighter Church Podcast, lighting the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. Visit www.tlc.net.ng and share the gospel of Christ today. I'd like to welcome you to the wonderful service that we are having today. The Lord has assured me that none that came into this church today or will still come, we ever live the same way they came. So be rest assured that you have come in here for blessing, for a touch and change your situation. The Lord is touching lives today and no one will be exempted from that. The Lord is going to touch each and every one of you today like never before. And his name will be exalted among the people. Put your hands together again for the Lord. I would like us to stand to our feet as we take this scripture together. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1 to 3. Let's read it together. One, two, go. I stand upon my watch and set me upon a tower. And we watch to see what he said unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run and read it. Verse 3. Vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tell, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tire. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, the word or the dictionary meaning or definition of the word vision is simply what a person designed to be or pursue in life or even imagine to be and therefore begin to walk towards becoming that thing. That is just a simple way the world understands vision. What you as a person have designed in your heart, in your mind to be, or what you have designed to pursue in life, or imagined to be, and therefore begin to walk towards becoming that thing. It can also be said to be what someone's mind is set to accomplish. And they say, what's your vision in life? And they begin to say, what your mind has said to accomplish. But it's quite different from the Bible definition of vision or God's context of the word vision. Vision is what God put in someone's mind to accomplish on earth or to fulfill one's purpose on this earth. Vision in God's context has to do with his purpose for you and not your purpose for yourself. So there is a little bit of difference between the way the world sees vision as to what's your vision and the way the Bible sees vision. The simple reason is that you don't make yourself, you can't know what you are going to be, you don't know what you are created to be, you don't know what God has proposed for you to be accomplished in life and the only one that knows is the one that is your maker and that is God. So the real vision is when you begin to understand God's purpose 
for your life. On the other hand, what you are called to do or to become, or what you are created to do or to become, or God's given purpose for your life. This is much more superior to anything that you as a person wants to do, wants to be, wants to become or imagined or desired to be or become. Because this vision, as the Bible wants us to understand, comes from your maker and your Lord. So more often than not, people don't seem to understand God's purpose or vision for their lives till they are grown. The reason is that it always comes by revelation. Maybe at times when somebody is about to be born, somebody that has insight into the realm of the spirit can talk to the mother and say, this child you're carrying is going to be this or this or that. And so, the mother has an idea or the parents has an idea if that man or woman is truly the man of God, the woman of God, what God has created this particular person to be. But it's not always the case at all times where people are foretold what they are going to be. So we just get, find ourselves being born in the face of the earth without really knowing what we are designed to be or what God's plan for us might be. And so as we begin to live our life and as we begin to identify with God and begin to surrender to God, the master and the maker, you now begin to have an inkling or understanding or revelation about your purpose in the face of the earth. The strange thing is that each and every one of us has purpose. Before God's eyes and before God's mind for us to accomplish and that is why most people start up in life doing things differently and later realign to what God wants them to do. Some people go to school, study a kind of profession, but at the end of the day, they just don't practice the profession at all, no matter how noble it is, no matter how distinguished that profession might be, call all the names of what you regard as noble profession. They have been millions and millions of people that went through school studying those things but they never practice them or they practice them for a while and find themselves deviating completely if that is not the purpose of God for their lives and some people go into something that you never can imagine and say you are this and how now you are this and somebody say no this is what I'm comfortable to do this is what I'm called to do this is why I have my satisfaction and this is what I am living for and so, what you study in school, or what your mind has told you you are going to be, might just be your personal vision. But the time we begin to unfold, that you now begin to know that this is not actually my personal vision. This is actually what my infatuation has told me. The vision, the main vision about my life is what I really want to do. Some parents create vision for their children. And they said, you are going to be X, Y, Z. You have to have this as this, this as this, and you distribute vision for your children. I put them to school, your mother said, go, enter school and begin to pursue this vision. Some will end up doing things that they're never called to do in life because it's not what God has created them to do. But some after some time will realign with their destiny 
and they find themselves doing what God has proposed in their life to do. My prayer is that you will pursue God's vision for your lives. So, but when you discover your purpose or not, the life you begin to live seems to get more focused. You seem to get more focused in life. And of course, ultimately, you achieve better success. We don't have time to talk so much about it now, but we must understand that God's giving vision is primarily to glorify God. When you understand what God has proposed for you to be, that thing ultimately has to glorify God because you will so excel in it. And of course, once your destiny has been aligned to God, God will be glorified through it. God's glory has something to do with your God-given vision. Note that. God's glory has something to do with your God-given vision. And again, I pray that you have an understanding of God's given vision for your life in Jesus' name. Let me also further say that the devil hates it when anyone discovers his or her God-given vision. Why would the devil hate it? Because God's given vision always counter and affect the powers of darkness because it will end up making you to fulfill the will of God for your lives. And so the devil doesn't like anyone discovering God's purpose for his or her life. Because it would make one to be the best that he can be in the face of the earth. And that affects the devil's plan for that person. But listen to this. When God has a purpose for your life, the devil fights you. Because God has a purpose for your life. And I also want to say that every one of us falls into that category that I know that God has a purpose for your life. And that is why you're already realigning to the purpose by being born again. So just know that you are not a friend of the enemy because you have started your journey to realizing your purpose by you finding God or God finding you and allowing God to come into you. So when God has a purpose for your life, the devil fights you. Now, but when you discover your God-given purpose, because it's possible God has a purpose for your life, but you don't discover it. And you can live all your life even being a Christian, and you don't really discover God's purpose for your life. So I said that when God has a purpose for your life, the devil fights you. But when you discover your God-given purpose and start pursuing it, the devil fights you hard with everything he has to stop you from fulfilling your destiny. He wanted to be any other thing else. He would like you to be any other thing else, but not that main purpose for you. He can be comfortable by you being any other thing else, but not that destiny purpose for you. And so, 
the more you discover God's plan and purpose for your life and begin to walk in it, the more the devil fights you to stop you from realizing your purpose. Be ready for a fight. But the fight is a fight that you have the victory already even before the fight started. We are all fighting. But at the end, we are more than conquerors. So listen to me. Talking about fight, the devil used people to fight you. When that purpose is realized, the devil will recruit men and women and human beings. Most of the people that the devil use are your very close people. The devil can use even your siblings to fight you. Just like the case of Joseph, the devil used his sibling to start a fight in his purpose in life and said, let us see how he can realize that dream. You dreamer, you want to dream? Okay, let's kill him. Judah said, please don't kill him. Let's throw him in the pit. Let him just some wide animal kill him. Let it not be that his blood is in our hand. Let his blood be in the, in the hands of some wild animals. And after a time, they said, okay, let's release him and um, just send him to being a slave. And when he's going to a strange land, he cannot fulfill that. How can we now, myself, my siblings, and my parents bow to this dreamer? It's not going to be possible because it's going to be far away from realizing that dream. And of course, the devil also tried to use Potiphar's wife as, I mean, as a bet to destroy his destiny. And so on and so forth. So if your siblings are not being used, you have some distant relations that can be used by the enemy. If they are not yielding, you can have some friends who you have been parling with that can be used by the enemy. Pastor Stella called them what? Frenemies. And I like that. Then of course you have some acquaintances. And then of course you have even church members. Yes, church members. That can also be used by the enemy. People that yielded themselves to the devil. Judah was a church member. But the devil entered him. <laughs> and he tried to stop the destiny of his master. But he didn't know that what he did was actually going to boost and realize and make the master to realize his destiny. So what the enemy planned for bad, God will always turn it for your good. And so the devil entered that church member to fight you so that you don't fulfill your vision. That is why at times you can see when people are talking and your church member will say, let us see, let us see. <laughs> you can. And you begin to wonder, where is this spirit coming from? It's the spirit of the devil. Just a simple thing. I say, let's see now. And you say you are a church member. Listen, but in your own case, and in my own case, the Lord will stop them today. In the name of Jesus. The Lord will frustrate them today. In the name of Jesus. 
The Lord will terminate their plans today. In the name of Jesus. Everyone that don't want you to succeed and is fighting against your God-given vision, whether they are siblings or relation or church members or friends or frenemies or whatever they're called, the Lord is stopping them today. In the name of Jesus. We are going to pray. Prayer number 1A. Every power that is fighting my personal vision or my God's purpose for my life all fighting the fulfillment of my divine destiny so that my divine destiny will be destroyed and pulled down. I pull you down today in the name of Jesus. Every power that is fighting me from becoming what God wants me to become, you are envious of me. The devil is using you to fight me. I send the fire of the Holy Ghost against you today in the name of Jesus. Now begin to pray. Begin to pray and begin to call your plans to naught. Ah, they don't like you to fulfill your destiny. They don't want you to be who God wants you to be. They are there to derail you. They are there to change you from the cause of your destiny. They are there to affect your peace and your joy so that you don't get composed enough to fulfill your destiny in any form or shape that the enemy is using any instrument against my destiny. I come against you today. I come against you today. I must realize my destiny. I must be what God wants me to be. The plan of God upon my life must come to pass no matter where you are coming from. If if you are a competitor, I deal with you by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are a friend or friend of me, I deal with you by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are somebody that is close to me and pretending to be my close friend and you are fighting against and contending with my destiny, I contend with you today in the name of Jesus. Are we praying? Once upon a time, there has to be a very intelligent and brilliant child of the second wife of a man. But the first wife, the children are dull and they couldn't achieve anything. And this young star began to confess in every exam he took. And he began to do so well. And it got to the point that the gap between him and the rest was so much. And the first wife said, let us see, after all this school, how you can become anything. Let us see, is it to go to school that matters? Let us see, you can go to the school as much as you want to. You can confess as much as you want to, but you can be rich. <laughs> and the person came out, of course, with distinction. And of course, went to university. And of course, couldn't get a job. And he was going from one place to the other. Those that came with third class had jobs, second class lower have jobs, second class upper has job, first class man didn't have job, and he came to church. 
and the pastor the son and said the enemy has done it once upon a time this is what happened <laughs> but today if there be anything like that in your life the enemy's plan is scattering 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 if there be such in my life the enemy's plan is scattering in the name of Jesus then the B part every instrument of the enemy in fighting the fulfillment of my God's given vision be scattered today everyone that the enemy is using you will fall for my sake today You'll be born by the fire of the Holy Ghost today. Your power become powerless today. You will no more succeed today. Now begin to pray in that might. You think that every problem you are going through came from your laziness? Or your lack of wisdom and intelligence? The enemy would have done it. To stop your vision from realizing, from stop to stop your star from shining, they have failed today. You will no more dance in circles. I will no more dance in circles. There will be no more delay to my manifestation. Every instrument of the enemy, no matter where they are, whether I know them or I don't know them, you have failed today. This is the end of your existence and fighting my destiny. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, when we talk about church, the church is not a building. The church is you and I. That's the church. So when we talk about the vision of the lighted church, there is no building that is called a lighted church. Even when God helped us to have a building, is still not a lighted church. The church is the called at ones that worship in that piece of property. And so when God gives vision to the lighted church, you will never have imagined that the vision is your vision. You are a part of that vision. As long as God has brought you here and you remain here, you are part of what God wants to achieve. And I want that to be settled before we do this prayer. So you don't do it like is it not church? Am I church? Yes, you are church. Praise the Lord. You are church. And I want to let you know that any church that realizes the vision, the enemy also fights it. Especially when the vision is really a head-on collusion with the powers of darkness. The enemy will fight and fight and fight and fight the people who happens to be the church. Now we are going to pray. The Lighted Church has vision that we are going to talk about briefly today. That every power that is contending with the vision of the Lighted Church, let them all be frustrated and demolished today in the name of Jesus. Now begin to pray. Every power from the pit of hell that have ganged up to contend with the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose for the lighted church I command you to evaporate I command you to be burned by fire I command you to be destroyed wherever you are ganging up 
wherever you are gathering to meet in the waters, in the land, in the sea, in the earth, wherever it is that you are gathering to meet, to plan that the lighted church will not become what God wants it to become. And you are fighting the church. I stand against you today. I stand against you today. I cancel your plan and purpose over this great ministry. You have failed and forever failed in the name of Jesus. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. For the enemy has lost his battle against you. The enemy has lost his battle against the lighted church. The enemy has lost the battle against your family. The enemy has lost the battle against your well-being. The enemy has lost the battle against your business. The enemy has lost the battle against your career. The enemy has lost the battle against your children. The enemy has lost the battle against your marriage. The enemy has lost the battle against anything that you are, you are doing. For the enemy has failed. In Jesus' name we pray. Put your hands together for the Lord and make yourself comfortable. Hallelujah. Now as a church, we have a vision. We have our vision. What the Lord intends to achieve in our lives and what the Lord wants to achieve in the world through us, the church. What God wants to achieve in our personal lives and what God wants to achieve through us in our lives to the world. So as a tradition, we spend some time the first month of the year, which is the month of January, to remind ourselves of our vision, the vision of the Lighted Church, what actually makes us somewhat different from other churches or other assemblies, what differentiates us from other local assemblies, what our focus is and what God has focused in our life, knowing how God wants to bless us and lift us up and make us to fulfill our purpose and make us to fulfill covenant. Our area of emphasis as a church that distinguishes us and what makes us to be the lighted church that we are. So we must understand that there are areas of differences or areas of emphasis, as it were, from churches. It differs from one church to the other. The overall purpose is the same. But how God has channeled his people to key into what he's doing is a little bit different. But at the end of the day, there are blessings that come from each purpose. And what I want to explain is just the simple way, using profession. If God says you are going to be a lawyer, and you pursue law, and you practice law, the other one said, God said he's going to be an engineer, the other one, God said he's going to be a teacher, the other one said, God's going to, I mean, you're going to be, uh, I mean, um, a cosmetologist, you're going to be whatever thing, whatever area, you're going to be, a policeman, you are going to be in the military and whatever area. You cannot tell me that one profession is going to be richer than the other. As long as you are doing what God wants you to do, your blessing is not determined by the profession that you are pursuing, but you realizing that that is the purpose of God for your life 
and pursue it. In every profession in life, there are wretched people that are begging for food. No matter how noble they are, from medicine, to engineering, to teaching, to all kinds of life's endeavor. Even to the extent that a lawyer or a doctor will begin to envy a comedian. Because a comedian live in VGC, and the lawyer lived in Ajambadi. And they were classmates. Purpose. So, what am I saying? It's not also good for you to do what God did not want to do, because that's also going to be struggle. So, I am simply trying to say that as a church, when we realize what God wants us to do and how God wants us to do it, we become the very best. We don't need to imitate another church. If we imitate another church, we cannot be the best that God wants us to be because that is not our vision. That's not the way God has called me. That's not the way what God has given to me to do. That might be a way God has given to somebody and has achieved a great success. And if I do it the same way, I will never achieve his own kind of success until I do it the way God wants me to do it. Because that is like separation of... Um, Separation of professions, or separation of life endeavors. But ultimately, when we do what God wants us to do and do it well, we all achieve success at the end of the day. I have gone to an occasion where a senator was struggling to shake hands with a comedian. Ah, is that guy? That's the guy. Wait, wait, call him, call him, tell him that senator. This. He said, because he was going, no, no, call him, call him, call him, because I want him to do something in an occasion. And he was struggling. I said, call, call him, call him, senator and a comedian. I, I mean, I am just not saying that comedy is the best profession, but I'm just telling you that God can use the weak things and the little things of this world to confirm the wise. I'm not saying that you are going to do something that God did not want you to do. I have heard of a cobbler, a shoemaker becoming a president in Japan at some point in life. So where you start is not where you are ending. So... There is no room to envy anybody. We are all created to be great. Just follow your lane. Follow your course. Follow your destiny. And you will see what the Lord will do with it. I know what I wanted to be. I know what I love to be. I know what I have designed to be. But I didn't know I'm going to preach. And when I, I realized I was going to preach, I said, no, this is not what I wanted. What, why should preach what? I said, preachers are rich. We reach with people's tithe and offering. No, I don't, want, I don't want to preach. You see, by force, I don't want to preach. Some people are struggling to preach. But me, as at that time, said, I don't want to do what? To be a pastor. For what? And what God said, you, you think you will dodge it? Let's see. And when God said, let's see, it's difficult. And I went through all kinds of chastisement till eventually I have to bow my knees and say, God, sorry, sorry, sir. Not my will, but your will. Okay, so, but then, the fulfillment I will ever get in life will be in line with what God wants me to do. 
You might not, or we might not all call to be pastors or evangelists or teachers or, or prophets or whatever. But one way or the other, in anything we do that God has put his hand on, God must be glorified through it. God must be glorified through it. So there are churches that lay a lot of emphasis on spiritual warfare. I don't have any problem with that. Some emphasis on holiness. I don't have a problem with that. Some emphasis on fasting and prayer, believing that that's how God meet them. I don't have a problem with that. Some emphasis on prophecy and prophetic utterances and are getting results. I don't have a problem with that. Some are focused on motivations and they're getting their result. If that's what God wants them to do, I don't have a problem with that. Some are focused on deliverance and from morning to night they do that and they get their result. I don't have a problem with that. Some are focused on the word of faith and they're getting their result. I don't have a problem with that. But please don't you ever make a mistake to say that because I have this height that if you are six feet two inches taller, I mean, as tall, you are better than me. Or because I have this stature, and you are fatter, you are better than me, or you are slimmer, you are better than me. Because I didn't make myself to be like this. I didn't determine my height, at least. How many of you have determined their heights here? Maybe you would have want to have a different, um, you know, but that's the way you are made. And if God has made me and structured me to do the things I am doing, you cannot come and tell me that you are better because I don't have, I have not been given to do what God has given for you to do. I need to be in my lane for me to be comfortable in my skin. And it is because people are not comfortable with their skin. That is why they now look for means to be like somebody else. Because you think that that person's way, or the person's result, or the person's form, or the person's calling is superior to your own calling. And when you're not getting it directly from the Holy Spirit, you go to, to means and mediums. And then God said, you're on your own. Because you are heading for destruction. Praise the Lord. And so, in trying to evangelize the world, God gave different gifts to different people, different ministry emphasis to different people, all for the perfecting of the saints and the building of the body of Christ, and of course, evangelizing the world. It comes in different form and shape. And I used to say, that if a particular church denomination were to be the only church, I will never have given my life to Christ. And I have no apology to that. But thank God there are other ones that I could relate to. And they preach to me and I say, this is more like it. <laughs> Do you understand? This is more like it. So God used that ministry in their own simplicity to get me to be born again. And now God began to talk to me. And made me to be a son unto him. So we have area of emphasis as a church. And you need to be comfortable with that. For you to be able to have dominion in your life. Through the vision. If you have one leg out. 
and one leg in, you have a big, a big problem in your fulfillment in this ministry. You just rather look for that ministry that you think you resonate so well with and you think God has called you to go there to serve and immerse yourself and you'll become what God wants you to be. I've had people come into the church, you know, we feel from, and they say, what do you like about us? I know a lot of things they like about us. You know, now what don't you like about us? Women don't cover their hair here. It's not a problem. You don't like that about us. Go to where women cover their hair. Do you understand? Don't take our worship. Don't take our word and go and implant it to where women cover their hair because they might not have what we have. So you have one leg here because of the worship and the word. They now have another leg there because of the covering of hair or whatever. So you are neither here nor there. Then you don't have the blessing of any sort. So if you know that where they cover hair is what perfects your understanding about salvation and the way to worship, don't bother with people that do weavons and, um, and jerichoys and um, dreadlocks. You just go to that place and feel good. And people that wear colored hairs and... <laughs> You know, it, it, it depends on how you're understanding about, about the gospel. What, what has that got to do with the spirit of God inside of you? But that's not, it's not criticism. It's not, okay, there's a lot of things in the Bible you can use to defend whatever. But then you're fine with that. But that's not the way we are. Okay? And we're not the way we are because you want to make it a popular opinion or because it's going to be acceptable just the way we are. And that's the way we are, because I'm called to be a pastor, I'm called, and God said, this is the way I want you to structure your life and your ministry, and I follow his instructions. And so you have to be comfortable with the way we are, the lighted church, so that you can be able to draw virtue from the church and be the best you can be in the church. Even getting us to understand our area of emphasis is because of who we are. We are a knowledge-based church. And that is why we're doing what we are doing now, to also tell you the way we are, to give you the knowledge of the way we are. It's not done by every church. You cannot go to a particular church and say, the lighted church always share their vision. You say, go to the lighted church. We're not the lighted church here. Don't you know it can happen? Uh, pastor, in, in the church I am coming from, they don't so much believe in tithe. Go to that church and don't pay tithe. In the church I'm coming from, they spend five minutes for, for worship and praise, and they spend a long time in prayer. You don't pray so much. Go to that church and spend two minutes in praise and two minutes in worship because you want to use it to gather the people just in time. Once you see the people come, hey, praise, shh, worship, shh, everybody in clothes. Now, <laughs> Then go there and be happy. And as the Lord is blessing and making billionaires out of lighted church, so possibly the Lord is raising and making billionaires out of that church. It depends on where you flow. That you are blessed here doesn't mean you are going to stop the blessing here. Or we are blessed here doesn't mean you are going to stop the blessing there. It depends on where God finds you and what God wants to do with you. And so we're sharing this because this is who we are. 
Like I said, not every church does that. The emphasis on knowledge, for example, as part of our, is part of our emphasis to build a church of faith. A church that has faith in their God. Faith for triumph in life. Faith for victory in life. Faith to make it and have dominion in life. Quit for that makes us to be a church that is faith-based. A church that is what? Faith-based. Therefore, explaining our vision enables us to understand the vision so as to be able to be comfortable with it and then run with it. Just like we read in Habakkuk. In verse 2, the Bible says, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that read it. That's an instruction. If you have a vision, write it. Make it plain means explain it. So that anyone that reads it will be able to run with it. If you have a vision, you didn't write it, you don't explain it to the people, they will not be able to understand it and they will not be able to run with it. And so I think we are simply obeying God through the instruction from Habakkuk. You can't run with a vision without understanding the vision. You can't understand a vision without reading it. You cannot read anything unless it is written. I say that again. You can't run with a vision without understanding that vision. You cannot understand the vision without reading it or it being explained to you. And you cannot read anything unless it is written. When I say open to the book of Habakkuk chapter 1 verse that means it is written, isn't it? And so you can read it. If I say open to the book of Philomena, chapter number 20, verse... Where is it? <laughs> it's not written. So there's nothing there. So that is why the word of God is very powerful. For everything we're going to become is being written in the Bible... So we make references. The Bible said that whatever has been written for time are written for examples. Meaning that we, God has brought this manual for us to study because it's been written so that we can become what God wants us to be by running with the book, running with the vision written. So what we do therefore in this first month of every year is to remind ourselves of the vision that has been written. This is to enable you and I to understand the vision and run with it so that we can be blessed through it. So we have a simple vision statement that we have shrunk over the years that says, lighten the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. A very simple one. Lighten the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. Just as it is, it might not make so much meaning till it's been explained. It might not make so much meaning till there's some revelation understanding towards that. And just like a hint, it simply stands for that the Lord has called me as a person to lighten or illuminate your life through the word of God. To give you the knowledge of 
Christ and your relationship with God and who you are by covenant with God. And so when you are enlightened, when you get to know what you need to know, you get blessed by what you know. We'll talk about that later. Then you in turn will now begin to light somebody else with the same knowledge of Christ and with the same understanding about your covenant with God. And I light you up, you light somebody up, and somebody lights somebody up, and we have a group of lighted people all over the world. And it's just based by simple knowledge about the word of God. The Bible talks about let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Matthew 5, 16. So you have a light that you need to light that they will see your good works because you've already been lighted. You have come out of darkness and then they will glorify your Father who is in heaven. Then God himself ultimately takes the glory about your life and that glory has imparted the life of somebody else. So the vision also stands as bringing people out of darkness so that they too can also bring others out of darkness. That is why at times we say that it's an outreach-based church. You are somebody that God has made somebody that you now want to make somebody out of a nobody. Or you are a nobody that God has made somebody. You now want to make somebody out of a nobody. For what you have, you give. And when you give, then the person becomes who you are. Or, because who, or becomes who God has made him to be. And the person also will have to give. And the person he's giving to will become who God wants him to be. That is our emphasis. And that's the way God has structured us to be as a church. So when you are brought out of darkness, you know what you ought to know. And you become what you should become. You come out of the frustration and the limitations of darkness into the glory and the blessing of the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. Now, the bigger picture is simply that you are here as a member of the Lighted Church to be blessed. And through your blessings, other persons will be blessed. You are not just here to be blessed and enjoy the blessing. That is good enough. But your blessing must impart into somebody else's life that you will be a blessing. You have been brought out of darkness to light. And so you need to shine your light to those in darkness so that those in darkness will come out of darkness to light. The instrument to achieve this blessing is centered on knowledge. It is not by the laying of hands or prophetic declarations. We do that as God enables us, but that is not where the transfer of the blessing comes from. It comes from the knowledge of the truth, the truth about your God, the truth about yourself, the truth about your redemptive covenant with God, the truth about your redemptive provisions in your covenant with Christ that enable you to exercise freedom and dominion and liberty on this earth. 
knowledge in the sense that light is already available to you and I. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the true light. Anyone that comes to me or come to me will no more walk in darkness, but walk in the light of God. So he is the true light that come to lighten you and I, and as we are lightened, he has made us also to be the light of the world. Ye are the light of the world. And so meaning that he has also given us what he has that made him to find us and made us to be who we are in him. And he said, I've given you that same ability to light up the life of others. Therefore, to come out of darkness to the light of God takes knowledge. Knowledge of Christ Jesus, who is the true light, and who gives light to them that were in darkness. Knowledge gives light, and light gives freedom. And freedom gives dominion. Just like this year, the Lord said, it's my new dawn. It's your new dawn. Meaning that the rays of light has come into our darkness. We have left the darkness season of our life. We are now into the dawning of a brand new day that will lead us to freedom, dominion, excellence, abundance of blessing, and ultimately the fulfillment of our destiny. You don't see in darkness. And no matter how much light is introduced in darkness, it can never be compared to the light of the dawning of a new day. So, that is who we are meant to be to the world. Knowledge gives light, and light gives freedom, and freedom gives dominion. Dominion over every power of darkness and every issue of this world. In John 1, 4, the Bible declared that in him was life. In Jesus was life. And the life was the light of men. The life of Jesus happens to be the life or the light of men. Jesus' life gives light to men. Jesus' life gives light to men. And as my father has sent me, so have I sent you. Your life should give light to men. Am I understood? Wherever you are, you should give light to men. You bring them out of darkness. You bring them out of frustration. You eliminate their existence. You gladden their heart. You change their situation. In him was life. And his life was the light of men. As my father has sent me, so have I sent you. Because you are now the light of the world. And a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So your life has automatically become the light of men. So if you are living your life and it's not reflecting in the life of men, you are not fulfilling destiny. Am I understood? If everything you acquire, achieve, become, is centered on I, me, and myself, you are not fulfilling that mandate 
that said, your life is the light of men. So you need to discover how your life can be the light of men and you are commanded in Matthew 5.16. Let your light, meaning you have the light as a child of God, so shine, meaning that there will be an effort to allow that light in you to shine before men. If your light is shining before men, it translates to say that they are actually in darkness looking for help, looking for existence, looking to know the true life, the true life. And so let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and ultimately they will glorify your father who is in heaven. Simply said, you are not ordinary. You are not created to be ordinary beings. You are not just church fellowshipers. You are not members of a local assembly. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. You have something inside of you that will affect others, that will affect the world, that will affect those in darkness, that will bring them to know Jesus Christ. Who is the true light? And who has the life that will bring your life to eternity? You know, after all said and done, I like you to live a hundred years. And so, if that's what God will, after a hundred years of your life, what else do you want? Now you now go and meet the master. Sir, I am here. You are welcome, my son. How far? There's nothing wrong with, I, buy, I bought five planes. There's nothing wrong with, I bought 10 Rolls Royces. There's nothing wrong with that. If I have money, I will do, but maybe not as much as that, <laughs> okay? There's nothing wrong. I build 150 houses. I have a friend that has more than 100 houses, more than 100, a, a very personal friend, okay? More than 100. And I'm happy for him, more than a hundred. I don't want to tell you so much about that, but then, that's by the way. And um, it's not so much of my senior. It's like, God, I build these hundred houses. At times, he doesn't even know the document of certain, he will just ask yourself, I think the document of the, I said, I don't know, I don't know where you build the house. He said, no, no, I need to start, talk to my estate valuer or my property uh, manager. But that's by the way. So we are giving God credentials, you know, and God said, I, saw, I thought you were supposed to be the light of the world. With all these things, how, how many did you give to anybody? How many accommodated the destitutes? How many were used as an evangelistic outreach for people? It's good to build it. It's good to have all the plans. It's good to have all that. But how have God glorified me? How has that shined light to the world that they will see? You are good works and not glorify me. Ah, and said, if not because of this man's house, I would have been a destitute. If not because of this man's airplane. I don't know what that would have been. I wouldn't have been able to go to London. I don't know. Anyway, but whatever it is that God has enabled you to achieve, try to tie it to God and his glory. Because that's the only thing. You have to tell God with every other thing we perish. And every other thing, nothing, we are going home with nothing, as in nothing, and absolutely nothing. And so you need to begin to realize that you are the light of the world. You are the light of your generation. And if you are going to be so empowered 
to be able to have more than what you have now. Remember that people, we see your good works and I say, God, I thank you for Brother Ose. I thank you that you have used him to touch my life. They are looking at what Ose did, but they are thanking God. And so they are glorifying your father who is in heaven. I was sick and you visited me. I was hungry and you fed me. I was without clothes and you clothed me. And they said, how, when did we do that to you or for you? He said, when you did that to one of those, your brethren. Ah, so you took it as I did it for you. You say, yes. Now enter into the joy of the Lord. So your life is supposed to turn the life of people. Where people will be in a place and they're talking about you and saying, hmm, if not that man and the wife, if not that brother or that sister, I will never have gone to school. They would have driven me out of school. And God said, you did it for me. You did it for me. You know, we concentrate to do it for our children. God, you did not do it for God. You did it for yourself. I trained my children. You did it for yourself. I trained my younger brother and sister. You did it for yourself. But when you train a destitute somewhere, you did it for? Hello? How many of you belong to the light of the world club? You're the light of the world. You might not have done anything. You might not have started it. But this is a new dawn. I don't have money. How can I do it? You don't have money. You ate food today. You transported yourself today. You bought soap today. You bathed yourself and you're here. Where did the money come from? Nobody said you should spend one million naira. But if you have ten naira, you can spend two naira for somebody, isn't it? It's in proportion of what you have. That is how your light shines. That is what they should know of the lighted church members. That is what they should know about you and I. If you have not started, start today. Because that is what God will see in eternity. And say, well done, you good and faithful servant. John 1.4 declares, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The life of Jesus, or the Jesus kind of life, is what they call Zoe. And that is the life that brings light that men need to come out of darkness and enjoy the best of their life. And that is also the life that has been given to you when you got born again. So you need to know to be able to come, how to be able to come out of darkness and how to make somebody else come out of darkness. In John 8.32, the Bible says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know. You shall know. You know, there are things you don't know now. Maybe because you have not searched out. They know not, neither do they understand, and so they walk in darkness. But that is why the emphasis here is on knowledge. And if God forbid you go to meet with the Lord now, you will say, I don't know. But that you don't know will not give you credit with God because you don't know. 
The Bible said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You cannot plead ignorance to God. So that is why you need to search the truth and stand by the truth and live the truth. It's not the truth that somebody tell you, but it's truth that you caught as a revelation for your life. Because your life matters to you and matters to God. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you, make you free. That's the King James Version and that is the real thing here. Knowledge, therefore, enables freedom from darkness. Knowledge, therefore, enables freedom from all the forces of darkness and the product of darkness. When you know, you come out of darkness. When one is free from the powers and the bondage of the enemy, that one becomes free. Free to be all that God wants him to be. You know what God has given to you. You know the power God has given to you. You know the provision God has given to you. You know that the enemy is actually contending with the provision. So when you are praying, you say, give it, give, give it to me. Like the testimony of Sister Sheila, she changed her prayer. Begin to command that that key will be given to her because it's her own. If he's commanding for the key of another person to be given, will God give? <laughs> but it's my own. Give me, my, give me. She had the knowledge that that is hers, not that she shared that car with somebody else. And God moved. If you know what belongs to you, you can go to God and say, God, you said this belongs to me. Let me have it. And if the enemy is holding what belongs to you, you go to the enemy's camp, take what belongs to him, what belongs to you from him, and say, give me my money, give me my children. Give me my peace. Give me my joy. Because you know they belong to you by covenant. And you are praying out of knowledge. And the knowledge will deal with the enemy. It is not by you kicking the enemy as an imaginary thing. That the enemy will give you what, what is holding. But by you declaring it. The Bible says you shall decree a thing. And it shall be established. So you decree it. You declare it. You say to the enemy. And the enemy listens. If you want to fight the devil. You don't even see him to fight. I have been in a meeting where people are praying and they are kicking and kicking and one person kicked and he fell down. Not because the devil fell in down, but he just slipped. You know what times we are kicking and then he slipped and he fell down and he stood up. And to me, I said, the devil just dealt with this one because that's ignorance. You, have, you know, you blow the devil. Everybody blow the devil. And you blow with such kind of a force that you, don't, you lose balance, you now fall. Who hit you down? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Knowledge is distinction. That distinguishes you from the rest of the people. That's why the Bible said they know not. Neither do they understand. And so they walk in darkness as if they are in the world, as if they are not people that should have knowledge. The Bible talks about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father but by him. The truth means truth, as in truth. And you have to know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. And Jesus is the truth. And so you need to know Jesus. That contains the power of the truth. So that you can be free. You need to know what Jesus has done for you. Which is the truth. And not the lies of the enemy. A lie is saying you don't have money, so you are poor. The truth is that Jesus Christ became poor, that you might be rich. And that's the truth. 
Alright, so if you don't have money, you say that's the truth. No, that's not the truth. That is just a statement of fact. But the truth is that you are born rich when you got born again into the kingdom of God. Now, so how do you not get the riches? Aha, you shall not know the truth that is in the word of God and the truth shall make you free from the spirit of poverty. So you now begin to operate in if God has given me this, I must possess it. If God has given me this, I must possess it. Ah, you confess and say the hidden riches of the Gentiles are going to come to you. How will it come? If you don't know that it actually belongs to you. Then your prayer system will not change. And say, God, whatsoever thing you have given to me, let it begin to come. And God will make all grace abound for you. Now, when you know who you are, you will become who you are meant to be. If you're a son of a king and you think you're a son of a servant, uh, the son of a slave, then you can never be able to operate as the son of a king. If you are truly the son of God, who is the king of all kings, and you understand it and believe it, you cannot operate like the son of your father who doesn't have anything, you know that you are more of the son of God who has everything than the vessel that God used in bringing you into this world. So you limit yourself when you look at your immediate background and said, we don't amount to anything in our place. Another word we said, are you born again? Whosoever the son of man is set free is free indeed. What happens to your people should not happen to you because the DNA has changed and the lineage has changed. You are no more who you used to be. God has begotten you and redeemed you and you are now changed. And so the more you walk in the reality of who you are now, the better you begin to enjoy what your father has made provision for you for. It's all centered on knowledge. The foundation of it all is knowledge. So that you can be totally free. Every born again Christian therefore is totally free from the bondage of darkness through the blood of Jesus. But whosoever the son of man is set free, is made free, is free indeed. But unfortunately not all that is set free is actually experiencing freedom. Though free, but they are still living in darkness of ignorance as if they have not been freed. It therefore takes knowledge to bring such person out of the mental state that he is so as to enable that person to exercise and enjoy the freedom that the person has already received. This is why most people are easily deceived. That is why most people are easily tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That is why most people are easily manipulated by the cunning craftiness of men. Because they want to tell you who you are, you don't know who you are. They want to tell you what kind of life you should live, not that you know from the word of God. They want to tell you what you should do to prosper when it is contrary to the will of God. And you follow them because you don't know any better. And so they make merchandise out of you because of your ignorance. It's the same thing as 
Your lecturer make merchandise of you because they are paid to give you knowledge. And so they are paid to give you knowledge and you pay them for knowledge. So if you want the knowledge of a particular thing, you pay for it and they give you knowledge. And so that is how the powers of darkness has perversed it. And say, so you don't have the real knowledge. Let's give you a, a, a fake knowledge. You are here, you are. Because your mother is a witch, covenanted with you to be a witch, and so you cannot prosper. There's nothing anybody can do. But if you want to prosper, two million naira, it depends on your category. Then we go and buff, buff out the thing that he has put upon you. It could be a fact that your mother is a witch. It could be a fact. But going to give two million naira to buff in the water for that witchcraft not operating you is a lie. Are you hearing me? So they make merchandise out of you because you don't know better. You don't know any better. So, for you to enjoy your freedom, you need to know the truth. It is like someone that has been pardoned and set free from the prison and he still remains within the prison walls and still wearing prison uniform. And they said, you have been freed. But he refused to pull the uniform. He stays there. They said, no, you have been freed. You need to walk out of this place. No, if they don't come and take me, I remain here. Because you didn't even understand that you have been set free. The prison doors have been opened for you to walk away. And you are walking away today in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's just like a bird that is used to a cage. And he forgot that his destiny is to fly. And the one that caged the bed for 10 years opened the cage. And the bed comes out, look at the world, and says, No, I belong to this cage. This, is what I, this, this cage is what I know all my life. The one that held him in captivity said, Go, you can go now. He said, No, this is my life. You know, some people are used to gross ignorance and demonic you know, manipulations that they don't know that there's anything that they are in Christ and they don't know there's any liberty they have in Christ. And so they remain in that cage and be telling people, come and give me food. Come and give me food. Give me some corn. Replace the water. And they said, if you fly out of this place, you can go to the brook. You can drink water. You can go and pick fruit from the, from the trees. He said, no, I prefer the one that they bring for me. Bring water in the cage. Bring. And if you now have abundance of things given to you and some water you are drinking, you are happy. Uh -huh. My master have done so well for me. But you have much more to get in your freedom that you have been set free. You will no more be under the cage of the enemy from today. In the name of Jesus. So the lighter church exposes you through knowledge to the freedom that you have been given so as for you to be able to enjoy that freedom and live a life of total freedom and not of ignorance anymore. This state gives one dominion over every affairs of life. That is why I love the King James Version of John 8, 32 that said that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. This is more for the believers who are already set free. Set free 
is for the unbeliever to receive Jesus in their life. One that is set free is free upon receiving Jesus as Lord and personal Savior, meaning the prison door has been opened. But one can be set free, but do not live a freed life. But when you know the truth, and the truth, this time that you know, becomes a revelation in your life, you can be made free. Then making free is for you to be mentally liberated. Even when I don't have money in my pocket, I am not born poor. Even when I have some symptom of sickness, I have been healed by the stripe of Jesus. Even when I'm going through challenges, the Bible says I can pass through the waters and the fires and it will not burn me. That I'm surviving up to this day show that I will be able to dominate and overcome my fires and my waters. And so it shall come to pass that the story of my life will change because of what Jesus did in the cross of Calvary. So if somebody said, let's go to see one Baba somewhere for it to happen. No, let Baba, let Baba take care of his children. You know the people you meet, their children are poorer than you. Check them out. All the native doctors in your town, their children are not anything. If they can do it, they will start with themselves. Why are they living in hot? Is that, is that, is that mansion? <laughs> they, are, they, are, they can't even take care of themselves. They don't know what to do. <laughs> I remember a story, but I don't have time for it today. <laughs> now, but you see you can't give what you don't have God's blessing run from generation to generation and so what you are trying to do for somebody else for the person to pass exam and become first your children are taking last you didn't do it for them and you are so stupid that to go to him and say do the medicine so that I can pass my exam. And you didn't bother to say, what about these children? What are they taking? Because you can't ask questions. One, they told you you have believed. But listen to me. What Jesus has made you to be, no human being, whether it's called a prophet, whether it's called a doctor, whether it's called a, I don't know, will ever make you to be anything better. Impossible. So go to him and have the best. Have patience with him. Because if you turn from facing God, you face the devil. So, you now know that God has liberated you and you are now a freed man. You need to understand from the word of God how you will become Everything that he wants you to be is no longer a one-off. It's a continuous thing, a continuous freedom forever. So when we combine this understanding of set free and make free, this is what it gives us. The truth, as in Jesus, sets us free. But the truth, as in the revelation of the truth, which is the word of God or the Jesus in the world makes you free. You are born again, you are free. You have been set free. But you feed yourself in the word of God like the barrier Christian. You live a life of freedom. 
And that is what God wants us to do. The devil is worried when you are set free. But the devil is mad when you are made free. When there is nothing that he does that moves you. Because you know better. I remember many years ago, there used to be a sticker from um, Lateran Assembly, and I love it so much. He said, tell the devil I changed my mind. Tell the devil I, I was looking for it. They said they are no more producing it many years ago. Tell the devil I do what? I've changed. I, 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 I am no more thinking the way I used to think. And when the devil knows that you know, he will push and push. When he has pushed to an extent, he will just leave you. He said, leave that one. That reminds me about character of Christians. Let me just quickly say that as I begin to close. If you compromise so much in your village, they bring pan when you drink. They do libation, you chew. You're there, you say, I want to socialize. I don't want to be like, uh, they, so that they don't call me born again Christian. They won't begin. You compromise anything they say. They, they are praying, let's do tradition. It's our father's people are doing the city. Let's do as our father used to do it. Ah, I bet I'm going to leave this one alone. When, when did you know the Bible? The Paul libation. He said, let's drink. We are fellowshipping. You are destroying the, sh the shield that is protecting you. You are compromising with your spiritual strength. And so, and as long as you're compromising, they'll be, you, they'll be indulging you continuously and it will be eroding your spiritual power. But when it happens once, you say, I don't chew this. I don't drink any wine they use for li li uh, libation. I don't chew the cola. After a time, they say, don't mind him. That's what they do. How about Charlie? Oh, matter. You know what it means? He won't chew. It has become your nature. And they will respect you more for that because you took your stand. It takes one time for you to take your stand. And when you take your stand, they will criticize you, run you down. But after a time, they say, that is his nature. It is only when you remember what they say, even upon all these children, where, where does he amount to? But the next time you came with a Range Rover, the other one, you came with a BMW, the other one, they said, it'd be like saying, you have all nine better parts, so, Emeka, are you with me? Yes, <laughs> so, who are you compromising for? Who are you compromising so that we said that you're sociable? And let's come, we belong together. Yes, we belong together, we're from the same, but our fathers should to eat this color. That's the way we are doing it. And they pour libation and, and you not chew. So that they will not say, uh, even before I became a pastor, people used to call me pastor. Because when I realized who I am, I took my stand. And so it had become, this is how it used to do. And that has helped me to avoid wahala. Some people approached me and told me what they want me to do. But I, we said, and I said, we know you are very busy. We know you, don't, you might not have the time. But whatever the case may be, just send your money to identify with us. I said, so you have already known that I've been exempted from certain things. You should exempt yourself from the rituals of this world. If you really want to live as the light of the world, your light must shine wherever you are. How can you shine your light when you are compromising with them? How can you shine your light? Tell the devil... I changed my mind. 
Praise the Lord. Setting you free is not your work. Jesus set you free. It's the grace of God. But making you free is from your searching of the truth of your salvation reality. That is why not every born again Christian acts the same way. We operate at the level of our knowledge. Our confident level are different. It depends on their level of knowledge of the truth. The freedom you exercise over what you have been freed from is the product of your knowledge. When your whole life is full of the knowledge of the truth, you intimidate every lies of the devil. So many persons have been set free, but they are not free from what they have been set free from. Things like fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and sound mind. You have been set free from the spirit of sin. You have been set free from the spirit of poverty. You have been set free from failure. You have been set free from sickness and disease. You have to live in the reality of them. When you see them staring at your face, charge against them and say, they don't belong to me. They are from the devil. Go back to where you are coming from. God has given me healing. God has given me riches and wealth. God has given me dominion. God has given me success. Keep saying it even when you don't have it. Till you have it. That is who you are. That is what freedom brings to you. That is what knowledge imparts into you. And that's the confidence that we have. Because what God has done cannot be raised. You see, at times we equate the way we are living with the power of God. I say, oh, I don't even have money. So God, God didn't even give me anything. I don't even have a house. So God did not give me a house. I don't even have a husband. So God, no. That, that what you don't have did not limit God. God has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. So if you don't have it, Know that it is just still temporal. You will have it all the same. So keep confessing what God has given to you. Keep confessing what God has given to you. Keep confessing what has given to you till it makes manifest. It doesn't take anybody to do it for you. It takes God. So when you know the truth, the truth shall make you to live a free life. If God has set you free from all this sickness, disease, poverty, fear, and all degradations, all your mind must accept that as the truth and live a free life. This is when you are made free. Ignorance can only limit you from exercising your dominion over what you have been freed from. This is what we deal with in the lighted church. That is why the emphasis is not so much of laying of hands, so much of anointing oil, so much of warfare prayers, so much of any form of prayers, but so much of the word of God. For illumination, for understanding, because everything it you take for you to prosper is in the word. The more you know it, the more you receive it, the more you are blessed. The disciples started off from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria. And they went about preaching the word. Even Jesus went about teaching the word. And the Bible said, as he does teach. The spirit of God was present to heal. As I do teach, and you open your mind, the spirit of God will be present to give you riches, to give you fruitfulness. 
to take you away from barrenness, to heal your sicknesses, to deliver you from the oppression of the enemy. It is not me, it's the Spirit of God that will be present. You know what the Spirit of God does? He magnifies Jesus. And as the world is coming, the Spirit of God is identifying the problems of the people and they're being taken away from them. And the more you now know who you are, the more you now hear the word, the more you recite that liberty that God has given to you, and the more you have your testimony. If I lay hands on you every Sunday and I keep laying hands on you every Sunday, it might not make any difference to you. But if I impart the truth upon you every Sunday, you will be able to know. Because when you go to somewhere and they tell you about yourself, they say, no, it is not me. This is who I am. You can define yourself for the people. You can tell the people who you are by yourself. Stop allowing people to define you or tell you who you are. You are not what they say you are. You are not what they think you are. You are what God said you are and what God has made you to be. But you need to know it so that you can exercise it and become everything that God has made you to be. Stand to your feet. In the world, there are riches, wealth, healing, deliverance, promotion in the office, promotion in your career, there is everything, everything. It all depends on how you center your life and how you receive the word. Begin to surrender yourself unto the Lord this morning. Begin to surrender yourself for the impartation of the knowledge of the truth. Begin to surrender yourself. Surrender your whole life to him. Don't withhold anything. Give it back. Give that life back to Jehovah. And you will see what you will do. In fact, you become an example of people that stand on the world and get the best of their blessing. You can become an example of people that believe God by faith and their life begin to turn the life of people. Begin to ask God to come and fill you to overflow with knowledge, with wisdom, with understanding so that you can live in the truth. In the name of Jesus, raise up your two hands. I prophesy to you this morning by the power of the Almighty God and the knowledge that we have in Christ Jesus and the Word of God that you are actually free from failure. Amen. I say to you that you are free from disease and sickness. Amen. You are free from shame. You are free from frustration. You are free from poverty. You are free from sickness and disease. You are free from every oppression of the devil. For Jesus has made you free. And so you are free indeed. Whosoever the Son of Man set free is free indeed. You are free from every plan and purpose of the enemy. The enemy might come against you one way, but they will flee seven ways. If they gather against you like a flood, the Spirit of God will just stand out against them. You will no more struggle in life. I put it before you that your struggle has been taken away. Your frustration has been taken away. Jesus has paid the price for you. In the name of Jesus. The Bible said that he nailed it to his cross. Everything that has been working contrary to your destiny has been nailed to the cross. 
poverty have been nailed to the cross. Frustration have been nailed to the cross. Disease have been nailed to the cross. And somebody said, I don't even have a husband. Lack of husband has been nailed to the cross. Somebody says, since I got married, I don't have a child. Barrenness has been nailed to the cross. Somebody said, I don't know what pastor is saying, but I am not feeling well. I am sick. Sickness, whatever name that it might be named, has been nailed to the cross. And so you are free. You are free to prosper. You are free to dominate. You are free to increase. You are free to take possession of everything God has given to you. You are free. 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 Enjoy your liberty now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on The Lighted Church, visit tlc.net.ng or follow The Lighted Church on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.